The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today's episode of Disability Matters has been previously recorded. Please enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I am so excited about our show today as we not only have a gold medalist on the show and someone that I just love and think so highly of, you are going to love this show today. First, I have to thank our sponsors, Highmark, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Covestro for being sponsors of this show. Two great companies that really believe in quality of life for people with disabilities. And so our guest today, Daniel McCoy, who is a gold medal Paralympian in sled hockey, is my guest. But I have to first tell you, I've known him. Because he was born. That's how long I've known him. And he is absolutely the most wonderful person. His mother and father are so wonderful. Um, and I'm just so thrilled to have him on our show today. Um, so, Dan, how about if you start by telling our listeners how you first became involved uh, in the disability community? Um, well, first I just want to say thanks for having me on the show. Um, been looking forward to it for a while, and uh, looking forward to talking to uh, to you about disabilities and sledge hockey and um, to my experiences. So, um, I was first uh, introduced to the disability community um, pretty much from birth. You know, I was born with uh, a disability called spina bifida and hydrocephalus, which uh, spina bifida just means uh, I was born with a hole in my back. Um, the lumbar area is three and four. Um, and uh, hydrocephalus just means that I had an in, I had an, uh, an excess amount of uh, spinal fluid in my brain, so I needed to have a shunt put in to be able to drain that from my uh, from my brain into the pleural cavity in my lung. Um, so those uh, disabilities uh, just kind of hinder my walking ability a little bit, um, and you know I have trouble with um, you know some learning uh, some learning tasks with such as like math. Um, you know, I've kind of have a hard time with multi-step equations and things like that, but, um, yeah, so I guess right from birth, I, um, I was born with a disability and, um, growing up with a disability, you know, my parents never really, uh, never really, you know, uh, told me that I really had a disability. They really tried to reinforce that, you know, I could have a normal life just like anyone else. Um, you know, they always, uh, had me see my disability as more of a blessing than a hindrance, um, or rather a disability. Um, they always uh, taught me to see my disability for things that I could do rather than things that I couldn't do. Um, so, you know, I, I really, um, you know, strive to, try, strive to really get the best out of my disability that I could and really see what I could do in life rather than what I couldn't do. And things that I couldn't do, you know, I'd try to figure out a way to do them if I could or um, try to figure out a way around it if possible at all, as well. Well, you you certainly have great parents, and I know them, and I know they are just as you described and did such a wonderful job of instilling that in you. Um, I do want to tell all of our listeners that when Daniel was born, he really, uh, well, he defied the odds of what, was said to his mother, now here's a person that's going to be just so significantly disabled that, you know, they will almost not be communicating in any way and, you know, all of these things. And here he is. I always used to call him Daniel in the lion's den. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here he is now 
gold medal Paralympian. So um, that just shows you how people can be so wrong. And that happens, by the way, often with people with disabilities and, and what doctors say and think when they're talking to uh, their family. And isn't that true? Didn't doctors not believe you'd be able to make it? Yeah, as, as far as I know, I was, I've uh, been told over the years that a lot of doctors when I was born, uh, you know, told my parents that I wouldn't be able to walk, talk, or even think on my own. Um, and I really wouldn't have a very um, solid quality of life. And um, I really have to give all the credit in the world to Dr. Rigel, who was the doctor who uh, delivered me. And um, he really uh, helped calm my parents down uh, in, their, in this kind of rough, rough patch in their life. Uh, you know, they were going into this thinking, all right, we're going to have a second kid. Um, I have an older brother. He's um, about three, four years older than me. They were going into um, my birth, I guess, uh, thinking, you know, we're going to have a second kid. Uh, our lives, lives are going to be great. Everything's going to work out exactly as we planned. And, um, you know, they get this news that they're going to have a child with a disability. And doctors were pretty much telling them all the negatives uh, until we met, uh, or until my parents met with uh, Dr. Rigel. And uh, he pretty much told them, yeah, everything these other doctors are saying could be true, um, but you really have to take that, you know, uh, for what it is and um, really try to see the positive in everything. You know, there's always a positive in everything uh, in life, even the most negative situations. You can always find something good that um, will come out of it. And my parents uh, have always uh, instilled that, um, that idea in me as well, that, um, you know, there are always going to be negatives in life, but uh, if you try to find the positives in them, and uh, really try to try to overcome the negatives with the most uh, positive um, and um, positive attitude possible and the most forward thinking uh, way possible. Then you you know you'll you'll be successful. So uh, we really you know we've listened to doctors over the years with um, whether they were positive or negative with my, you know my situation, you know, with my disability and everything. But really we've tried to keep the most positive outlook uh, possible. Yes, that is so true. And so if you're listening to the show, any of you across the nation, remember this happens so often to parents of children with a disability, and please don't listen when they tell you there's no hope. Please don't listen. Um, as you can see what happened right here with this young man and talking about being uh, in sled hockey, Daniel, I think that started around when you were five. Yep. Is, isn't that right? Yep. Yeah, my family yeah, how, always how, did, how were you first introduced to sled hockey? Well, my family and I, have, we've always grown up huge hockey fans. Uh, my dad had grown up, you know, watching the Penguins in the 90s, winning the Stanley Cups. And my brother started playing hockey when he was about four years old. Um, and I'd always go to his games, you know, face pressed up against the glass, wondering what was going on. Um, you know, always watching the plays and everything. And um, as I got a little older, um, I realized that, uh, that you know, I was really interested in this hockey thing. And um, my parents could see I didn't really know what a disability was at the age of five. Um, I just knew I really liked, the, liked this game of hockey. Um, so my parents could see that my interest in hockey. And, um, you know, they put me in every sport you could think of, you know, from flag football to soccer to karate to swimming, lacrosse. I played goalie for a while. Um, and never, nothing ever really stuck with me until um, we found out through Shriners Hospital uh, in Erie, uh, Pennsylvania, actually, that uh, they were, they were, um, they were you know, uh, demonstrating this sport called sled hockey uh, at, at uh, Shriners Hospital up in Erie. And so my parents, you know, you know drove me up there. And I got to be honest with you, at the first time I tried it, I cried. You know, I'm not really sure why I cried, but um, I'm, I'm just told that, you know, whether it was really really cold on the ice. There was a lot of gear. It wasn't really the, the sport that I saw on the ice, you know, because sled hockey's played uh, sitting down, whereas, you know, stand-up hockey's played standing up. Um, so whatever it was, I cried for a while, uh, for a few months there. And um, my parents could see, though, when I got off the ice, I would always try to find another hockey game to watch or something like that. Um, I would always be talking with my brother about hockey. So uh, they really kept me involved with it as much as possible. And um, when I was about uh, eight years old, I got the dream of being in the Paralympics. So uh, those three years from when I was five years old to eight years old were, um, I think, pretty critical. Um, and, you know, like I said earlier, I really have to give a lot of credit to my parents um, and keeping me, keeping me involved with it. So 
This is so unbelievable. Knowing you and what you've accomplished to know that you cried at the beginning. So why did you cry? Because you were, uh, like, thinking you couldn't do it well, or what was the reason? I'm not really sure, you know. Um, I was really young, so I'm, I'm thinking uh, it was, you know, really cold on the ice. You know, we're being in, uh, playing sled hockey sitting down. You know, you're closer to the ice than you are standing up. So I think it was really cold. There was a lot of gear that I wasn't used to with the helmet and the shoulder pads and the leg pads and everything. Um, and, you know, I wasn't able to move very well on my own at first. Uh, I, had to, I had to have people pushing me around uh, and things like that. So um, I, I just think it, uh, it was a combination of all those things. And, you know, um, like I said, not, not being the hockey that I was used to, um, you know, that kind of got to me a little bit. But um, I was able to overcome it with the, with the help of my parents. So. Help of your parents and your own determination. <laughs> which I give you a lot, you are a fighter, so I give you a lot of credit for that. One thing you just said that surprised me is, was it just sort of like a new sport when you first, you know, heard about it? Yeah, yeah, you know, my uh, my parents really, I think at those uh, early years, my parents were kind of struggling to find something that would, uh, something, you know, whether it be sports or something academic or something like that, that would uh, allow me to fit in with um, you know, friends and try to make friends with those early years through, you know, elementary and middle school and things like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it, it was uh, things like that that um, that got me involved. Wow. Well, that was absolutely awesome. And so glad that you went in that direction. But <laughs> right now we're going to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us, we are talking to... Daniel McCoy, who is a gold medal Paralympian in sled hockey. And we'll be talking to him when we come right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, everyone. If you just tuned in, we're talking today to Daniel McCoy, a gold medal Paralympian in sled hockey. So, you know, before we go any further, two things. First, Daniel, could you explain to our listeners what it means to be a Paralympian, what that is? Um, you know, it's, it is kind of tough to put that into words, you know, what uh, being a Paralympian means uh, to me, but, you know, it's, it's a combination of, you know, working from when I was eight years old to when I was 20 years old, achieving the dream of being, uh, being a gold medalist uh, in the Paralympics. And, you know, countless hours of uh, working out on the ice and off the ice and you know, a lot of sacrifices, uh, whether it be uh, not being able to, you know, hang out with friends when I wanted to or not being able to go on cer- certain vacations because of hockey tournaments or things like that. And um, combination of, 
sacrifices that I've had to make, as well as you know my family members. Uh, my dad um, has had to had to skip out on on a, a few uh, meetings uh, with um, important business meetings with his job. Um, you know whether he's had to travel across the country or things like that. He's he's um, made the decision to um, you know skip out on some meetings and uh, things like that to try to ensure that he helps me out as much as possible to try to improve uh, on my sled hockey skills. And um, my mom uh, really, really kind of helped me out. Uh, most of all, you know, she, uh, she originally before I was born, she had a job. And um, when I was born, she, uh, you know, talking with doctors and everything, she kind of realized that she would have to, you know, uh, quit her job for a while to be able to raise me um, and things like that. So, um, you know, because I'm sure with any any parent uh, will tell you that um, you know that raising a child is no easy task, obviously, and uh, raising a child with a disability, uh, there's you know added added pressures and added uh, complications that could happen. So, uh, my mom, you know, decided to to stay to be a stay at home mom um, while I was growing up. So I think uh, you know besides the sacrifices I've had to make with uh, school, you know, um, social life and stuff like that just the sacrifices my family and friends have had to make to help me achieve my dream. Um, it's really, uh, that's really what it's all about. You know, I, I've uh, always said, you know, winning the gold medal was awesome, but really what it took to get there and um, the sacrifices everyone has had to make to help me achieve that dream is really what it's all about. So. Right. And uh, for our listeners' knowledge, I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, but the Paralympics are for people with disabilities who are athletes and are competing in sports, and those sports range from racing to swimming to really just about every everything, right? Don't we cover almost every sport in the Olympics? Yeah, there's quite a few of them. <laughs> yep. And it was televised and is being televised again this year when it's in Brazil. But it really is just an awesome sport, and, of course, one of them is sled hockey, um, can you, by the way, explain that to our listeners, what sled hockey is, yeah. you know, what it looks like, how you do it? Could you explain that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so, you know, the, the way sled hockey is played, uh, it's all the same rules as stand-up hockey. You know, there's icing, offsides, um, there's penalties, you know, uh, um, elbowing, uh, cross-checking, uh, interference, things like that. There's actually uh, an extra penalty that's specifically for sled hockey called teeing. Where um, if you you have a player going up the ice with the puck, uh, another player on the defensive side can't come at them at a 90 degree angle and you know hit the middle of their sled um, with their with the defensive player's sled. Um, you can't like form a T with the sled basically uh, with the two sleds, or uh, that'll be a penalty. Um, and there, and believe it or not, there actually is tripping as well. And that was actually my first penalty ever that I got on the ice. Ironically, I'm not sure how you're able to trip somebody sitting down, but uh, that's that's kind of what happened. Um, so um, yeah, it's all the same all the same rules as stand up hockey. And uh, the way the sport's really played is you're on a um, a sled which is basically made up of a metal frame uh, that kind of wraps around your legs if you got them. Um, and you know you're strapped in with these uh, plastic ratchet straps, and you're sitting in a plastic bucket. Uh, which uh, to propel yourself, you have the uh, blades, the uh, skate blades at the bottom of the sled instead of at the bottom of your feet. Um, and you have these two miniature hockey sticks uh, that are made of the same material as any um, regular ice hockey stick, uh, except for there are metal picks at the bottom of each stick, and you use those to dig into the ice um, with, with uh, two arms. So you have two sticks uh, with the miniature um, blades on them and then the uh then the ice picks and uh, you can shoot with either hand um on the national team we're really encouraged to to shoot with either hand uh equally um you know both forehand and backhand so there's not a whole lot of uh skating backwards in sled hockey it's uh more efficient to skate forwards um and you know meet meet players um with their speed going uh, going the same way so um you don't really skate backwards at all but everything else is really the same and wow, that that is absolutely. I've seen this, and it is absolutely unbelievable. I'm just realizing when you're talking that you have to have incredible upper strength to do this. Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of uh, strength and conditioning uh, workouts off the ice for sure. So just like any other sport, you know, when you're talking about tripping, 
Uh, yeah. You can hit someone and they fall over, and that's just how it is, correct? Yep. Yeah, you know, when you when you play flat hockey, flat hockey you really got to be uh, used to physical contact and be okay with it and uh, things like that. And you really have to, especially when we play Canada, when the U.S. plays Canada, uh, you really have to go into the game thinking that, you know, the guys on the other team don't really like you, so they're going to hit you as much as possible. So. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of wheelchair basketball. Yeah. You talk yeah. about intense. I've seen this where people are knocking into people and, you know, people falling out, throwing out of their chairs. So, you know, people don't realize when you are playing in the Paralympics, I mean, you, you are tough. There's no question about it. Um, and that's why one time at the White House, the staff was going to play this uh, wheelchair basketball team. And when they come out and took off their ties, I thought, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> sure enough, because they, too, had to get in wheelchairs, and they didn't last very long when these guys come out with ripped shirts and muscular and were knocking them all on the ground. So, you know, I mean, don't be thinking when you hear this, don't be thinking, oh, poor them. You know, don't think that way. No pity. They're tough. So I'm just telling you that right now. Um, so... Daniel, you were saying at the beginning, when did this start that you started thinking, oh, I want to be in the Paralympics too? Um, you know, like I said in the beginning, um, you know, I started when I was five years old and it took a few years to really get into the sport. Um, you know, I had an interest from it um, from a few months into playing the game, but it really started uh, this interest to be in the Paralympics. Um, really started when I was about eight years old. I saw the Paralympic sledge hockey team uh, win the gold medal in Salt Lake City in 2002. And I knew a few of the guys on that team, um, and I uh, kind of looked up to them uh, playing the sport for a few years at the time. And, um, you know, I, I remember watching uh, watching a replay of the game up in Canada, and uh, I remember looking at my parents and saying, uh, you know, this is something I want to do. I want to win a gold medal in the Olympics. I didn't really realize there was a Paralympics at the time. I thought, um, you know, Olympics was, you know, everything. But, um but yeah, so I I told my parents uh, that I wanted to be in the Olympics and win a gold medal, and um, you know from there they kind of uh, thought you know uh, he's a, he's just an eight year old kid he's gonna you know have a lot of dreams um, over over the course of his life but you know um, it, I really didn't even realize and my parents uh, I'm sure didn't realize that I was gonna stick to stick to this as much as I did and uh, from that point on they kind of really decided to go all in with it uh, as they've said before and really try to do everything they could to make sure I saw this dream uh, become a reality for as long as possible. And, Daniel, for any young person with a disability listening, saying, oh, that is so awesome, I'd love to do that also, just to use you and your sport as an example, what do you have to do to get involved? You know, how does this work? What do you do that gets you down the road? What happens first? For example, how do you make the uh, U.S. team? How, How does that go? So um, I, I played on the local um, Mighty Penguin sled hockey organization. Uh, I've been playing with them since I was five years old, like I said. Um, and, you know, I, I played and practiced and went to tournaments and stuff with them from when I was five years old to about 14 years old. And when I was 14 years old, I tried out for the uh, junior national sled hockey team, which is one step below the national sled hockey team. And uh, I made the team. Uh, I was one of the youngest players at the time to make the team, uh, so that was really cool to be able to uh, represent the United States um, on the junior national team, you know, traveling all over the country, all over Canada, um, and things like that, playing against, uh, you know, other teams throughout the throughout the country and playing against the junior national Canadian sled hockey team. Um, and so I played on that team for about two years, and when I was about 16 years old, in the summer of 2010, I made the national team, and it was the same kind of process. There was a tryout. Um, it was a, a few days of a tryout up in uh, Rochester, New York. Now the tryouts are in Buffalo, but at the time they were in Rochester, uh, New York, and um, so yeah, it was about a two-day two day camp where um, you know players from all over the country would uh, come in and try out for about 17 spots on the team, and um, I was like I said, I was 16 years old at the time, and um, yeah, it was one of the hardest tryouts I've ever been in. You know, I was uh, one of the youngest players to try out, and uh, you know, I was really nervous. Kind of looked up to all these guys that were already on the national team, um, 
And, you know, so I just tried to go out there and not let my emotions or let my nerves or anything show too much. And I was fortunate enough to be named to the team in uh, in 2010. So, right, it was, this was uh, right after the right after the Paralympics in Vancouver. So, wow, you know what? I bet that takes a lot of conditioning, a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really glad this happened. We're going to talk about that more. But right now, we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us. We're talking to a gold medal Paralympian in sled hockey, Daniel McCoy. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Daniel. Don't go away. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Hey, we're talking today to Daniel McCoy, gold medal Paralympian in sled hockey. And we are so excited to have him with us. By the way, Daniel, when I was reading different information, sometimes I saw it printed S-L-E-D-G-E hockey. Is there a reason for that? So uh, I, get, I actually do get that question a lot. Um, you know, the... In the United States, we think of a sledge as, you know, a sledgehammer, um, and uh, a sled is something you ride on. So in the United States, it's called sled hockey, but everywhere else in the world, it's called sledge hockey. So. Yeah, I wondered what the difference was. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, you are a hammer, so I see why they do that. <laughs> hey, Daniel, when you were uh, selected finally, to be a member of the U.S. national hockey team. Mm-hmm. Like, were you shocked? And also, what did that mean to you? Um, yeah, I mean, it was obviously a dream come true for me, you know, working from when I was eight years old, uh, getting the dream of being on the team to being uh, 16 years old and finally seeing the dream come true. Uh, it was definitely uh, kind of a surreal moment. And um, like I said, just a, you know, a, a huge blessing and a dream come true for me. Um, you know, I remember uh, walking into the this uh, room where the coaches were were sitting on one end of the room, and I was there was one chair on the uh, other end of the room where I was supposed to sit, and uh, it was kind of like a a room with a very small window in it. I was at the in the basement of this hockey arena in Rochester, and uh, it was a really small room, no bigger than maybe like a, a family sized kitchen, maybe um, with one light one light in the middle of the room and uh, one chair on the end where I was supposed to sit. So I uh, walk in there, I sit down, and um, I just remember thinking, um, uh, oh, my gosh, you know, what are they going to say? Like, um, really, like, I just remember kind of trembling and shaking and, 
not being sure like when to speak or what to say or anything like that. But uh, they finally asked me, you know, like, uh, how do you feel your tryout went? And I feel, I, I said, I feel like it went pretty well. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a great experience, and uh, glad it's glad that it's over. But uh, I was really, really happy the way I played. And um, they asked me if I had any of my family members, uh, and I said, yeah, I got my parents were upstairs uh, waiting for me. Um, and then the general manager said, well, they're going to be pretty happy because uh, we decided to take you for the team. Uh, congratulations. And I just remember, you know, putting my face in my hands and uh, just breathing a huge sigh of relief um, and thinking, uh, like, oh, my gosh, it's actually happening. You know, I'm one step closer to uh, achieving this dream of being in the Paralympics. And um, as soon as they said that, I kind of stood up to walk out of the room. And the coach says, whoa, 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 <laughs> hang on, we've still got some more uh, information to get from you. And uh, things like that. So I thought to myself, oh, great. I just, you know, made a bad first impression on the coaches without even playing a game. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, they were really, uh, really understanding of it and everything. And uh, they, they laughed it off. And, um, you know, it was, we had a pretty solid relationship from there. Um, but, you know, it was, it was uh, kind of indescribable, you know, the feelings that I was, that I was having. Um, How about your mom and dad? What did they say when you told them this? Yeah, so it actually took me a while to get back up to up the elevator with all my gear and everything. But uh, when I finally got up there, um, they were standing on uh, near, near the doors, uh, the exit uh, of the arena, and you know, I just kind of put the thumbs up. And um, I'm pretty sure my mom started crying, my dad started tearing up, and everything um, like that. And they gave me a huge hug, and and um, my dad was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like he said some. Something like, oh my gosh, you finally did it, and um, they were really proud of me and things like that. And I ended up calling my grandparents, my brother, who was um, in, in Pennsylvania at the time, and uh, I called my head coach from uh, back home here um, with the uh, Mighty Penguins team. I called him. I uh, called you know a few of my uh, a few of my coaches from over the years who kind of helped me develop uh, individual skills and things like that. Um, and I called all my family members and and uh, and things like that. So uh, I was. Just a really cool experience to be able to, um, you know, experience that myself and uh, share it with the rest of my friends and family. So, yeah, that is, I, I mean, that is absolutely. I'm so proud of you to begin with, but I, I, I cannot even imagine how you felt, you know, when all of that happened. But that is just so awesome. However. That wasn't your greatest accomplishment in step <laughs> hockey. Uh, that would be when you played in the Paralympics, winning the gold. How about if you tell everyone about that? Yeah, so um, like I like I've been uh, I've been saying, you know, the ultimate goal of playing sled hockey was for me to get to the Paralympics and uh, hopefully try to win a gold medal. And um, you know, I got I got the chance to do that in Sochi in 2014. Um, but that did not come without, you know, struggles and, uh, and you know, t- tough times and things like that for myself and for my family members. You know, and about a year out from the Sochi tryouts in, uh, the, uh, in January of 2013, um, you know, I uh, ended up tearing my esophagus and uh, I ended up in the ICU for about four days. Um, and this was about a week before my birthday. And uh, it was also a week before we were uh, the national team was supposed to go over to uh, North Carolina, fly down to North Carolina and play a series versus Russia, South Korea, and our uh, development team. So um, you know, I I was uh, minutes away from dying. The doctor said, um, and I really didn't even realize what that uh, meant either at the time. You know, I was just kind of focused on getting to this tournament, uh, being the hockey player that I am. I was really just kind of focused on you know, getting rested up and getting well for this hockey tournament. And um, meanwhile, my mom, being uh, the the uh, devout Catholic she is, she was praying the rosary and, uh, you know, praying that everything would work out okay. Um, and my dad was just hoping, you know, he was praying as well and was just hoping for a speedy recovery and uh, hoping that, you know, I just I wouldn't have any other complications, um, you know, due to this um, esophagus tear and everything like that. Um, so I ended up, you know, being in the ICU for about four days, and I ended up going to this tournament. We ended up winning the winning the winning tournament, and I scored two goals in the in the um, championship game. Surprisingly, um, with you know half my blood supply in my body, um, and I remember scoring the last goal and getting to the bench and looking at the coach and saying, "All right, that's all I got. Um, that's that's, uh, that's all I can do right now." And, and uh, just remember, you know, sitting on the bench and thinking to myself, you know, I was, I'm really blessed to be here right now, and and um, 
you know, I remember looking at my parents and, and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, like everything that's uh, been happening and, uh, and, you know, like all these things that could have stopped um, me and my family from, you know, continuing this journey and pursuing my dreams, um, you know, with the support of my family, like I said earlier, um, it really allowed me to push through and um, pursue everything I wanted to do. Um, so we'll flash forward, I guess, to a year, a year down the road, and um, it comes time to try out for the Paralympic team. And this was the um, first real Paralympic tryouts I had uh, been involved in where I knew I had a legitimate shot. You know, I tried out in 2010, uh, but I was, you know, really, really young at the time. I think I was 15 years old um, or for the 2010 team, which was the tryouts were in 2009. So I was, you know, 15 years old at the time. I was kind of young for, for the team. Um, but this, uh, this time, you know, I was, I was uh, about 19 years old, and, you know, it was four years later. And, I mean, I really, really felt ready for this, uh, for the, for the tryouts and things like that. And there were about uh, 75 players trying out for 17 spots on the team. Um, so it was really, really tough competition. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I ended up uh, being selected as one of, the, one of the 17 members to go over to Sochi and represent the United States. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think to myself every day, every time I see the gold medal and, um, just think how blessed I am and uh, how fortunate I have been to you know, have the support system of my family and friends and, uh, and you know, just to be able to persevere through all those, um, wouldn't have been able to do it without my uh, family and friends, like I said. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's really kind of tough to, you know, pinpoint exactly um, how, how, you know, I feel about it and things like that. I kind of ramble on when I talk about it, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a really cool feeling to be able to, Look, look back on it and um, just reflect on, on all the amazing things that have happened due to, you know, the sacrifices and the perseverance of uh, myself and my family. So, Daniel, you are truly not just a champion, but you are really that tough, tough hockey player. <laughs> I mean, you go play right after you have a torn esophagus. I mean, you know... I I know people if they had a torn esophagus, like they wouldn't be thinking about going playing hockey. I mean, you'd be lucky if some business people would be back for months. I mean, you are truly one of those, you know, incredible athletes that are just focused on, you know, winning the prize for our country. Um, and so you did. How how did you tear your esophagus? So um, the doctors really. Um really don't know exactly how it happened, but they um, were guessing that, you know, I played two, two games uh, outdoor, uh, downtown, outdoors um, at, um, you know, I think the Highmark Stadium, I believe. We played two ice hockey games outside uh, January 13th. Um, and, you know, uh, we played two games outdoor, and it was like 50, 60 degrees in January, so it was kind of hot outside for, for January. And um, I had ended up going through a couple bottles of water in the first period of one of the games. And I've kind of thought to myself, that seems kind of weird, but, um, you know, just kind of chalked it up to having a lot of gear on and playing a lot and, um, you know, not really having a lot of breaks between, um, between shifts on the ice and things like that. So um, I ended up, you know, kind of feeling, you know, um, kind of queasy. I had a little bit of a headache uh, after, after the last game. So I took some Advil, um, unfortunately ate some pizza, which really isn't the best, you know, post-game uh, refueling um, food for you for for an athlete, but uh, it's really all all I could find in the house, um, and uh, and so I had some uh, pizza, took some Advil, uh, ended up going to sleep and thinking, you know, maybe I'll just sleep it off, uh, and, and uh, we'll see how I feel in the morning. Um, and you know, I woke up at five o'clock in the morning and really didn't feel well at all. I felt felt like I was a like I could throw up, and uh, so I went to the went to the bathroom. My mom actually heard me get out of the get out of the bed. Uh, she was downstairs at the time, um, you know, uh, laying on the couch reading reading uh, the Bible actually. And um, you now she heard me get out of get out of bed, and um, she came upstairs and uh, came to the bathroom and said, "Dan, what's wrong?" And I didn't really answer her. And um, she came to right to the door and uh, looked around the corner and said, "Dan, what's wrong?" And at that point, I uh, threw up and uh, retched a couple times, threw up, 
And um, I looked up at her, apparently, and at this point I had blacked out. You know, I don't really remember anything from when I got out of bed until, you know, I got to the hospital. Um, only really bits and pieces of it. Um, so I, I looked up at her, apparently, and said, uh, something's wrong here. And uh, she said, I looked up at her, and I looked, I looked as white as a ghost. You know, as, it was, uh, you know, pale, pale as can be, and, you know, there was blood everywhere. It was, a, it was kind of a, something you would probably see in a horror film. Um, unfortunately, but uh, my parents really didn't think to call an ambulance. They uh, just uh, kind of thought, you know, we got to get them in the car as soon as possible and get them to the hospital. And um, we live about 20 minutes from the nearest hospital, and my dad made it there in, in under 10 minutes. So he was he was flying. Um, but that's kind of just the way our family operates. You know, we don't really think to, to ask uh, others for, you know, help. If they offer it, that's awesome. But uh, we really try to do things on our own, and um, the doctor said that's the, that that was probably a blessing that we uh, we decided to, or that my parents decided to drive me instead of waiting for an ambulance. Because had had uh, we waited for an ambulance, I probably wouldn't have made it. Um, so it's uh, wow. Well, God intervened there, there, Daniel, uh, and thank goodness that you got there. That is really an amazing story. Um, and then you went from that, off you go to the uh, Paralympics. Unbelievable. Yep. Well, hey, everyone, you know what? When we come back, we're going to close the show. Did this show go quickly? That's because we have the awesome gold medal Paralympian in sled hockey, Daniel McCoy. We will be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice on Disability Matters at VoiceAmerica.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, this show, if, if you just joined us, Daniel McCoy, gold medal, Paralympian, sled hockey. If you want your child, someone with a disability, anyone really, to hear the most inspiring show, you've got to have them listen to this show. I mean, I love Daniel to begin with, but, boy, I love him even more. I'm so proud of him uh, and what he's done with his life is just unbelievable. And, Daniel, for you to do this much, for you to accomplish all of this, you've got to have a role model. So who is that? Who is your role model? Um, you know, I really, I think, um, first and foremost, it would probably be my brother, Andrew. Um, he's 25 years old, and he's uh, in med school right now, actually, trying to uh, study to become a doctor. And, um, you know, from, from the moment I was born, he was always right by my side. Uh, making sure, you know, everything was okay with uh, my disability and um, it was right there if my parents need any, needed any help uh, taking care of me or, um, you know, anything like that. And um, he's really, you know, 
helped me to push myself in everything that I do, no matter if it's hockey or school or uh, whatever it may may be. Uh, he's really pushed me to try to be the best I can be at everything. And um, he really, um, as I see him every day, uh, he really tries to strive to be the best he can be at everything he does. Um, and, uh, you know, being in med school is no easy task, and he seems to be doing um, amazing at it. You know, he's, he's um, you know, just... Um, trying as hard as he can and doing uh doing as much as possible to, to you know help uh help himself and you know really give back to um my parents and um you know every everyone who supported him as well so um yeah I'd really have to say my brother and then uh, uh shortly after that probably my parents as well so yeah well that you have a great role model and and you know what I was telling Daniel here my husband is at the Pittsburgh Penguin hockey game. He actually called me from the game and said, you never believe who is on the back of the program. It's Dan. And if you see this program, there he is, Daniel McCoy, gold medalist, in his chair. Um, oh, I mean, it is just, it's just awesome. Seeing him in that sled hockey uh, I mean, it, it is just awesome. I bet you were surprised about that. Yeah, you know, I, I remember having that photo shoot um, and things like that, but uh, they I wasn't really aware of when it was going to be published on the back of the magazine. I didn't even know it was going to be on the back of the Penguins magazine, first of all. Um, and I didn't really get word that it was uh, going to be at all. So uh, to you know, have some of my um, friends... You know, send me uh, copies of the magazine, and you know, have people post it on social media that they saw me on the back was really, really a cool, um, cool moment for me. Well, I have it right here. <laughs> I mean that that and that is a that's just awesome. By the way, you know, I know we talked about the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know if we told you. Can you tell them what the Mighty Penguins? What that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just the local sled hockey organization uh, for individuals with. Um, either physical or uh, cognitive disabilities um, to play sled hockey, just like uh, anybody else. Just like um, I, I play myself with the with the team, and we're based actually at the new Penguins facility out in Cranberry. Uh, so we practice on um, in the same arena that uh, the Penguins practice on. So um, yeah, it's just um, it's just the uh, sled hockey team uh, that's the local local sled hockey team in the area. So. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have been very supportive. Yeah, they've been uh, amazing to us. You know, we've uh, we've gotten to watch some practices. Um, you know, skate on the ice after the Penguins at Consol, uh, even Mellon Arena when uh, when it was still around. Um, and, you know, we've gotten to skate with uh, gotten to skate with Flurry, um, uh, Kunitz, uh, uh, you know, and uh, a bunch of other a bunch of other um, Penguins as well. So uh, we've got to meet meet a lot of them and uh, and things like that. So. Uh, yeah, they've, been, they've been amazing to us. Yeah, and by the way, everyone, playoffs, just watch what happens. Watch what happens. Um, so, Dan, I see you've already done so much, and I think I'm going to know the answer to this, but <laughs> I wanted to ask you what you consider your greatest accomplishment. Um. I'd probably have to say winning the winning the gold in Sochi um, would probably be number number one, and um, probably um, you know that after that it's kind of uh, kind of a tough tough call there. But um, I, I was also fortunate enough to score a goal in the gold medal game versus Canada in the uh, 2015 World uh, World Championships in Buffalo. Um, so to, I, I had my parents and um, a couple of my friends from. Uh, from around uh, Pittsburgh and um, a bunch of my teammates from the local sled hockey team there to to watch me play in the game. So to be able to score a gold medal uh, goal in the, in the United States was really really a cool accomplishment. But probably uh, just you know having the having the Paralympic gold medal put around my neck after you know 12 years of of working for it was probably uh, my greatest accomplishment for sure. Yeah, and um, oh, and Daniel, what are you doing right now? Right now, I'm still with the uh, with the national sled hockey team. You know, uh, we're in the off season right now, uh, but we have tryouts every year, so we'll probably have uh, tryouts in uh, July uh, of this year. So, um, training for that right now, and still in school. Um, 
I'm technically a junior at uh, the University of Pittsburgh down in Oakland. Um, so um, I'm uh, pursuing a degree in communications, and hopefully I'll be able to uh, continue on to a master's degree in sports medicine and uh, hopefully uh, open up a, a, of a gym maybe for um, individuals with disabilities, you know, work out at and, uh, and train and try to improve their uh, physical, physical health and um, overall, you know, well-being and things like that. So that's really the, the next step. And, you know, my, uh, my mom especially has always said that, you know, winning the gold medal is awesome, but, you know, it, um, my life should be a lot more than just, you know, winning this gold medal. So winning, to me, winning the gold medal uh, is just, you know, a stepping stone to, I believe, some, something uh, greater that hopefully I'll be able to figure out here in the, in the future. So. And by the way, his mother, Angie, is like one of the smartest people and one of the best people, so you should listen to her. <laughs> Whatever she tells you. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Hey, so Daniel, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Um, you know, for any able-bodied listeners out there, um, you know, I'd say treat any person with a disability like anybody else. You know, everyone has weaknesses, everyone has um, strengths. So uh, you never really know what somebody's strengths or weaknesses are until you really get to know them. So um, I'd say give give everyone a chance um, to really prove themselves, and um, for any. Uh, disabled uh, individuals out there, you know, really, um, you know, me being a, being an athlete, I really would um, like to tell people to really try to improve your overall health because everyone out there can really get uh, healthier um, and, you know, really strive to be a better version of themselves in uh, whatever you're doing. Um, and don't let your disability, um, you know, hinder you from doing uh, great things in life. You know, disability is just, you know, what, what you have. It's not who you are. So, um as long as you really kind of take your, take your disability as something that um, something that's happened to you in life, but you know it's not something that will define your life, and really try to try to overcome any uh, any odds and um, any disabilities that you have, and um, really see life and your disability as a as really a blessing rather than a hindrance or anything like that. I think um, that'll really really uh, help people to get the most out of life for sure. Oh, what a great message that is. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for being our guest today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And we end every show with a quote, and today that quote is Ernest Hemingway, who said, Courage is grace under pressure. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. I'll talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.